Before we get into today's interview with uh, photographer Jason Lee, I uh, just want to let you guys know about a new thing I've been doing. Uh, every Friday on Zoom from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time, I'm doing a, a photo banter call-in show. So anybody that wants to call in and talk about photography, uh, look at photos and uh, websites or this whatever you want to talk photography um, anybody can call in it's on zoom i put the link in my instagram bio so if you go to the photo banter instagram page uh, you can click the zoom link and uh, it's been a lot of fun we get to get different photographers calling in from around the country and just kind of talk about photography or whatever and look at pictures um, so definitely check it out uh, like i said every friday on zoom from 7 p.m eastern time to 11 p.m um, you can go go to my instagram page the photo banter and click the zoom link and uh, be great to talk to anybody who wants to talk photography and without further ado we'll get into the jason lee interview welcome to the photo banter podcast i'm your host alex gagne and on today's podcast i speak with photographer actor and former pro skateboarder jason lee in today's podcast, I speak to Jason about his new book titled In the Gold Dust Rush, published by Stanley Barker, featuring a selection of Lee's unpublished black and white film photographs of the American landscape. I also speak to Jason about his career as a professional skateboarder, having appeared in the legendary skate film titled Blind Video Days. Beyond photography, Jason has been a working actor, having starred in films and TV shows such as Mallrats, Almost Famous, and My Name is Earl, to name a few. All of Jason's photography is shot on film, and in this interview I speak to Jason about his love of photo road trips and exploring the American landscape with his camera. Jason is someone who I grew up watching in skate videos, so I was excited to talk to him about his interesting career path and all his creative endeavors, so I hope you enjoy, and thanks so much for listening. All right, Jason Lee, welcome to the podcast, man. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, I know you just got a new book that just came out, uh, In the Gold Dust Rush. So congrats on that. Um, Thank excited you. to talk to you about it, man. I was just kind of curious uh, how that kind of all came about for you, man. Oh, wow. Uh, that's a little bit of a long story. <laughs> uh, let me think here. Well, uh, in 2018, I was living in Texas at the time. And uh, I got a direct message on Instagram from... Uh, Gregory uh, Barker of Stanley Barker, the publisher, yeah, and said, "Hey, Jason, hope you're well. I I wanted to see if you'd like to talk about maybe doing a book." And that was a couple of years ago, so it kind of took that long to actually get into it and get it started. Uh, so yeah, they I guess they had seen some of the black and white stuff that I had on my website, and uh, they were drawn to it in some way and um and reached out and that was really flattering i had seen their books and knew that they made really really nice books and uh but it, it took again it took two you know two years for it to actually come out that's interesting so they kind of reached out to you to kind of work on a book and you, you kind of had the concept from there of like what you kind of wanted the photographs to be um kind of once they reached out pretty much or was it kind of uh, existing photos you kind of had already been working on i guess yeah exist existing photos i think i started i started originally with large format polaroids uh back in 06 uh in california i was shooting eight by ten polaroids out on the road yeah um and then shooting, uh, and then 
that was 2006, 2007. And then in 08, I really started shooting a lot of black and white conventional films. Yeah. Uh, mostly 35 and then some medium format. And so just having a lot of black and white photos from over the years and knowing at some point I wanted to start publishing some of them. So the book uh, has photos in it from 08 all the way up to 2020. Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, just it just just kind of a selection of the many black and white photos that I've collected over the years in, you know, over the uh, on the many road trips that I've taken, which I love to do. Yeah, man. And the cool thing, looking at the book that I was interested in talking about, um, it looks like, like you say, you kind of use a multiple um, different uh, formats, like you shoot yeah. some large format, 35, um, which I'm, for me, like shooting, I've always had trouble bouncing around formats. I'm like, I'm always just kind of, yeah. I got my one go to. Have you always sure. kind of been that way, jumping from format to format? And this kind of, how do you kind of? Originally, it was mostly 35. Um, and then I got a Mamiya C330. Uh, TLR, uh, amazing camera. Yeah. Uh, and was shooting a lot of medium format, square format, and um, some 120, some 6.7 as well uh, with a Mamiya 7. Yeah. Um, but yeah, mostly 35. But what, what I liked, what I was aiming for in the book was to use the different formats, but size everything the same height. Mm. Um, and so it, 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 I think it allowed everything to sort of fit together while being in different formats, taller, six, seven, shorter, 35, and then square, but making the height, the heights on all the photos in the spreads, the same, the same. Yeah. So that was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it, man. Like I said in the email when I sent you, I enjoyed the layout because that's like one of the interesting things about putting a like a book together or even like putting a website together, just like editing mm -hmm. the photos and like the layout, just the layout. You can do a lot of different stuff with it and it makes it, the project feel different. Like like some of the page you had square and then some of it was like vertical and it just kind of it just like flowed well. It just kind of broke up. It wasn't just like the same thing over and over. And over like, oh, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Si si sizing is really I'm 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 pretty nitpicky and that's a big part of why we almost missed the printing deadline for this book. Yeah. Because I went through the sequencing a ton and the sizing was very very particular. Yeah. Depending on how close or far away a subject is would determine how big the print would be on the page. Mm. Um and so that had a lot to do with it but just being really particular about the sequencing and and the sizing of uh, of the images yeah and like what was kind of your... to me as important as the images themselves it's the flow of it it's the sequencing um and the sizing the image sizing was 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 key yeah definitely like editing is a real skill and like when you're kind of editing these book projects and whatnot um do you kind of work with an editor do you kind of get feedback from like other photographers or is it just kind of like a solo thing or how do you kind of just approach the edit when you like you said you have this like wide range of photos that you've been working on from like mm -hmm. i think you said 2008 to now yeah. so it's a lot mm -hmm. it's a lot of work to kind of manage i guess yeah i mean i i would send um layouts to gregory over in london uh, Stanley Barker and he would give some notes and give some thoughts and hey what about putting this one here and and sometimes we would battle you know because like I said <laughs> I'm really picky uh, but he was very very cool and um, 
the the main thing was well this is a it's selected american photographs it's not a retrospective it's not a you know a, a multi-volume set or any anything it's it's sort of a sampling of what i've documented over the last 12 years with the black and white films but i knew that i wanted to kind of start somewhere and end somewhere so the book kind of starts in the mountains it starts with a natural body of water the american river yeah and the very last photo in the book is a man-made body of water at macarthur park in downtown la yeah so i kind of wanted to start there and meander through you know, neighborhoods in the suburbs and the desert and industry and uh, the mountains. And then kind of, then you find yourself in the Hollywood Hills. And yeah. a lot of those photos at the end are from me when I used to live in um, Los Feliz up by Griffith Park. Mm -hmm. I had a, I still have a little Nikon 28Ti point and shoot camera. Nice. And just walking with my family, just neighborhood walks in the late afternoons, I would I was just documenting the houses and the neighborhoods and things like that. So um, I was able to use some of that uh, Hollywood Hills stuff to end the book. Yeah, no, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, because like, that was an interesting thing looking at it is there was some stuff where it's just like this very like landscape, like rural. There's no buildings or man it's really just nature and then at this thing you kind of slowly kind of gradually get into it and you see like neighborhoods and then like some old gas stations where people used to be but now it's kind of like desolate yeah so it was my, kinda... my photos are usually pretty empty <laughs> <laughs> not many people not many people in the photos yeah yeah because I, I was looking at some of your older work i know you have done portraiture in the past like you had some cool portraits of like uh dennis hopper and uh was it julian schulman the architectural julian photographer schulman, yeah yeah it yeah. is like portrait photographer portrait photography something you do it all anymore or is it more you're just kind of focused on the kind of the landscape kind of thing not, you're doing not really i mean i my, i think my greatest pleasure photographically is just kind of being by myself out on the road just kind of roaming and yeah seeing where i end up and just kind of documenting the land as i kind of stumble upon it and just kind of seeing what's out there yeah I've put in a lot of miles over the years. It's, I love it. I think it goes back to films I saw. I saw Paris, Texas as early as uh, 91, the first time I, I, I saw that film and, and Robbie Mueller's cinematography had a huge, huge impact on me. The color palette, the scenery in that film is just incredible. And, and um, I drew a lot from that when I made the Texas photos for, for the book, A Plain View that came out a couple of years ago wanting to shoot color film because of Mueller and because of Paris, Texas. Um, um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, I just kind of like to do that. Uh, the, some of the portraits, I think that's kind of the last stuff I did was for Anthem magazine. Yeah. Um, like the Hopper portrait and the Schulman portrait. And I shot some other portraits for that magazine. Um, but yeah, I think I just like being out and going and, exploring america and its beautiful strangeness i know man you still got that i saw some video you had like some badass old like lincoln town car you still got that thing i actually that i that was a 94 town car i sold that to a photographer um in uh new hampshire really and he road tripped it back with his eight by ten camera yeah. and so he drove the town car from california all the way to New Hampshire and he has it 
And then I, I upgraded to a 2004 Grand Marquis. All right. Nice, man. That thing um, is, like a, is, is a boat, man. I, I love yeah, I, li- I like older American sedans. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing I think a lot of photographers, you know, I know even myself, is just trying to find your voice as a photographer and like what you're trying to like accomplish and shoot. Did it kind of take you a while to kind of find your voice as a photographer? And is it like something you think that's kind of continually like evolving the longer you do this, you think? I think it's always evolving. But when I first got into photography in 2002, I had a studio space in downtown L.A. Yeah. And uh, I just that it was my passion. I wanted to learn everything I could learn about lighting and metering. And, you know, as an actor, I was on sets a lot. So yeah. I, I, once I got into photography, I was, all I did was hang out with the crews and the cinematographer. And, and I bought my first light meter and I bought a Bolex 16 millimeter camera and I bought a, an RZ67 and, and all kinds of lights and gels and filters yeah. and pushing and pulling film and taking notes. And I, it, I was just, I just dove headfirst into all things photography and filmmaking and cameras and lighting. And I was shooting a ton of portraits back then and really just experimenting. And then uh, I was shooting a lot of eight by 10 Polaroid film at a time when you could buy it. Uh, I used to buy, buy it in boxes uh, at Sammy's camera on Fairfax. Yeah. And so I was shooting a lot of kind of controlled lighting portraiture with the eight by 10 Polaroid film and, I had an old, uh, and I still have it, an, an old 1930s Century Universal 8x10 camera. And, um, and one day I thought, I wonder what it would be like to take the 8x10 Polaroid films out on the road. Because yeah. I hadn't really seen any 8x10 Polaroids uh, from outside studios, really. And so I discovered that you have to buy a hand crank processor because it's two sheets of film. Yep. Positive, and then the film holder goes in, and the and and the the two sheets get rolled through the rollers, and the chemicals get squeezed over. It's it's a separate process, and so I had to buy the hand crank hand crank uh, processor, and so I hit the road. I had an SUV at the time, and I put a like a clothesline in the back. <laughs> And I had clothes pins and I had my boxes and I had sleeves and I had um, my paper towels and my trash bags. I had the whole thing. I had my light meter and the whole thing. And I just, I didn't know where I was going. And I just started roaming California. And as a kid, we camped a lot. I grew up in Orange County and we camped a lot in uh, Shasta Lake and Redding in Northern California. We had family. Yeah. So I had um, fond memories of road tripping, you know, from as early as the 70s. And then later as a professional skateboarder, we we toured America a lot. And so I knew I liked the road. I knew I liked, I knew I liked old cabins and, you know, old relics and gas stations and the old, you know, station wagon that we drove up in the 70s up to Shasta Lake. And I knew I had a, of real fonds, uh, fondness for California, the road, you know, the mountains and trees and things like that. And so my first time out of the studio, my first time on a road trip in 2006, randomly with eight by 10 Polaroid films. Going for it, man. Like 35 or whatever. Um, 
I just started kind of feeling drawn to the things that I might've noticed being out on the road before I was a photographer. Some old random building somewhere off some highway or just those things just started kind of poking out at me. Oh, this is what the landscape is. This is what's out there. Let's go see what we can kind of find and document. One of the photos I shot was um, an, an empty a dirt lot that used to have an Exxon station in it. And all that remained was an Exxon sign. Wow. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and I remember thinking like, cause I remember, you know, one of the first photographers you discover when you're getting into it is of course, Ansel Adams and these more sort of traditional uh, photographers. And so I'm out on the road with my eight by 10 camera and I'm kind of looking around and thinking like, there's more to the landscape than I was sort of led to believe by the Ansel Adams. Oh yeah. That sort of more traditional photography, which has its place. Absolutely. And of course, Ansel Adams was a phenomenal printer and he made stunning prints and all of that stuff. But I think I was just innately more drawn to the scraps and I guess the truth of the landscape, the shittiness of it and kind of just how it looks and, and, why it is that way and how it became that way. And so I just started documenting these kind of scraps and I guess the reality of, of what California was to me uh, at the time. And then I was hooked. And then in 2007, <clears throat> because I was pretty ignorant, sorry if I'm rambling. No, that's good, um, man. Uh, I was kind of ignorant to like the photography scene. I, I had a William Christenberry book and I knew I liked it. I was drawn right away to the way he sort of found his own version in Alabama of the relics and the things that remain and the things that, that still stand and how they weather over time and how they just become a sort of, you know, a part of our collective everyday view, these mm -hmm. structures and things. So I had seen Kristen Berry, I knew of Ansel Adams, but I hadn't really seen much. That's kind of almost better. Like you're this not worried, cause like, going off that i was gonna talk to you you're on instagram and i'm actually jealous you do this you you'll like you're on there but you like take it down for like months at a time just to like i don't know it's the best yeah i'm on another break right now yeah yeah which is great and it kind of goes back to that because like i think i've talked to this with other people is like when you first get into photography you're not thinking about like you know getting your work in galleries or publishing books or any of this no. stuff you're just purely out of fun and trying to create cool pictures absolutely so it's like, and that that's a great point and i've talked to people about that too because one of the reasons i get off instagram i'll digress here for for a moment but yeah one of the reasons i get off instagram is because i want to go back to that feeling honestly you yeah. know when i would that first road trip when I was exposing these eight by 10 Polaroids on the side of the road somewhere in the middle of, you know, the desert or wherever in California, the brain didn't yet know to go, Oh, I need people to see this right now. Yeah. We didn't video. I had a Blackberry in 2006. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? The brain didn't yet know to like want to kind of compulsively, impulsively, compulsively share everything that you're doing at any given time. Yeah. It was more the genuine the pleasure of discovery. I'd peel the Polaroid. Oh my gosh, looks, this looks great. At most you would have thoughts like, man, I, I want, I hope one day people see this stuff. 
Do you know what I mean? Now it's like right this second, people are going to see this stuff. Yeah. And so just the innocence of just being out there, discovering, photographing without, without a game plan or an agenda, not knowing if it'll ever end up in a book or a gallery and certainly not on a phone. Um, it was a really good formative time, I think, for me, that first road trip in 2006, feeling connected to the state that I grew up in, the state that I road tripped in, going back to the 70s on camping trips and being out there with a camera and kind of looking at the landscape differently as a photographer was exciting. It was like the first time I went out as a, a touring skateboarder. Yeah. Like, where are we going to end up? What's the motel we're going to stay at? What skate spots are we going to find? <laughs> you know, when we get to the town that we're going to stay in, the, the, that enthusiasm for it, I very much had and I, I still have. Um, that's why I road trip often every year still it's, and, and shoot as much film as I can. Um, but now circling back, so I do this first road trip and I don't know what any of it means I'm just simply documenting what I think is interesting yeah. for whatever reason. I go, I'm in San Francisco. I go to the Henry Wessel retrospective at the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at all the black and white prints and I'm going, oh, okay. <laughs> so what I think I was feeling, uh, other people are feeling it too. Here's somebody like Wessel that's really his work is so beautiful and I love that he always overexposed and pulled his films. So he has kind of a flat, kind of slightly washed out palette. I liked that. The prints were beautiful and just the ordinariness of it. I was really, really drawn to that. And then I bought the book, the catalog from that exhibition. And I was working on My Name is Earl at the time. Mm -hmm. And in my trailer, when I wasn't, whenever I wasn't shooting, I was just pouring over that book. And I, I read uh, Sandra Phillips' introduction in that book multiple times. And then it's from there that I learned about John Tchaikovsky. And then I started reading all of his stuff. And so I kind of felt a kinship with the Wessels and then Robert Adams, these people that were kind of didn't seem like there was much of an agenda or any really uh, um, a kind of conscious style or something, just kind of documenting the America that they happened upon. I know that Robert Adams, the new West was more concentrated on a specific area yep. and a specific thing happening um, geographically. Uh, but for the most part, his stuff and Wessel's stuff, I really identified with along with Christenberry because it was really, it just felt like an innocent kind of documenting of just what's there. And that's when I realized that that landscape has value and it's not just what Ansel Adams is doing. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I think it's like important. Like like you said, you started off like you had the studio and you're shooting with lights and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think like as a young photographer, it is important to still like play with all those different stuff and explore sure. it, and see, see what kind of works with you. And you kind of, you slowly kind of build and build and like, you can kind of this, yep. maybe you'll go back to it sometime. Who knows? That's the cool thing. Sure. About photography. Yeah. But it felt good. It felt like a kind of schooling, you know, mm -hmm. like picking the brains of the crew people and the camera guys and really, really exploring all of that was, was definitely beneficial. Yeah, definitely. And like when you're like you say, you're kind of learning on sets, so you're like a working actor and things like that. 
is did do you ever have like dreams of like directing features and things like that or not so much absolutely i mean i've i've done some stuff with my bolex that i still have and yeah with uh, digital video stuff that i've directed and produced some short documentary stuff and mm -hmm. things like that i absolutely love that yeah i would absolutely love to to direct a feature i mean cameras and film and just <laughs> all of that is is always very inspiring to me yeah, definitely. Do you feel like if you're going to do because like all the old stereo videos and stuff, you were shooting some of the footage of that, like like the like the B-roll stuff yourself, right? With yeah, little little automatic Super 8 cameras. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah that stuff was fun, man. Like skate, I think I grew up watching skate videos, like definitely seen video days and grew yeah, up watching all the transfer awesome. videos and stuff like that. And, and the cool thing about like skate videos it's just like so raw it's just like it's just like buddy camera and it's just kind of yeah it that's like the cool thing about it like do you still kind of look at skate videos and stuff these days or yeah i do i mean everything now is on instagram you know yeah. for the most part um, it's, a, it's a bummer man like you don't really i remember back in the day like when that new vhs tip vhs tape hit you were yeah. like at the skate shop ready uh, to go it was like an event Oh, and we'd make copies of videos and of our friends' videos. And, you know, yeah, I mean, uh, there's still, of course, some great things happening with, within that world. But, uh, I mean, Greg Hunt, of course, has done some amazing things with skate videos. Yeah. Um, and Jim Greco, man, his videos are incredible. Yeah, what was that video put out like a year ago? It was like, he had, I forget what it was. It was amazing. It was like, it, it was like he had like a whole script for it and everything. It was like a thought out, like story. So good. The, the one that just came out recently within the last month. Is okay, really, I haven't seen that one. It's mind bending. It's yeah. so good. Yeah. It's so good. But yeah, I, I, I love uh, skate videos. That was the, the stereo video where we were shooting the Super 8 film and stuff like that. That was, uh, that was probably a little bit of a seed that had gotten planted, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I wouldn't buy my first like 35 millimeter stills camera for another six or seven years after that stereo video came out but yeah i liked film i liked like i said paris texas and mm -hmm. watching films mark gonzalez turned me on to paris texas and a lot of films because he was always watching vhs tapes at three in the morning like some random movie and yeah i'm just you know lots of seeds were planted i think from those early skate days um and then it would eventually turn into or become the photography that I remain passionate about to this day, you know? Yeah. Cause like, even when you're like a pro skater and stuff, like who were kind of some of the skate photographers back then that you were kind of working with? Cause I would imagine they're shooting photos of you. Tobin Yelland and Gabe Morford were the main guys in the stereo days. And they were doing a lot of incredible stuff with us. Then before that, it would have been uh, spike mm -hmm. Jones and O legendary photographer. Um, Grant Britton. Oh yeah, legend. You know, all the big heavy hitters, you know. Yeah. I miss that style of like skate photography. Like in the early 90s, it was like fisheye with like the photographer with like one oh, flash, yeah. like, with the cord Both and everything. Flash, it was just yeah. like so raw. I love looking at yeah, all those old photos, great. man. Yeah. yeah. Like when yeah. you look back at those videos, like video days and stuff, which is like such a legendary video now, like when you look at it, like, what do you kind of remember most about those times, I guess? Cause it's just, people talk about it so much now, like, what do you kind of remember about it? I guess. 
Well, uh, I was kind of like at, at 2021, I was kind of uh, just on that cusp of like starting to mature somewhat. Like Mark was a couple years older than me and was already very knowledgeable about music and already a great artist. And, and I was slowly starting to understand the importance of art because of Mark but I was still very much focused on skateboarding and wanting to like be the best skateboarder that I could be. Yeah. So I was sort of walking that line. And then because of Mark planting those seeds, when Chris Pastris and I started stereo, I think I was sort of uh, groomed, if you will, to like just dive into this creative world. And Chris Pastris had a huge, uh, um, uh, he, he had a huge part to play in that as well because Chris in his own right was already huge into jazz mm -hmm. because his dad is a jazz writer. Um, Chris Pastris's dad wrote a book on Jelly Roll Morton. Wow. And so I had Mark, I had Chris because other than that, I mean, I was listening to Talking Heads and the Smiths and Joy Division and all the bands I think a lot of us suburban kids were listening to in the 80s. Yeah. But I wasn't really tuned into the arts and Mark and Chris really kind of bookended that for me. And then stereo, I think was a big, uh, uh, an important time for me to kind of find my own sense of art and what that means. And having the super eight cameras was a big part of that. And then getting into acting. And then from there, you know, really getting into film and photography and stuff. So it all starts with skateboarding and Mark Gonzalez. Yeah. No, that's like really interesting. Like I was interested in talking to you about you, you've done a lot of different things. Like you're like pro skateboarder, then you got into acting and you're doing photography and you're still doing acting and things like, has it ever been like daunting when you're like kind of stepping into a new world? Like when you went from skateboarding to trying to do acting, like do you kind of ever have times like doubting yourself as an actor or doubting yourself as a photographer when you're trying these new mediums and things like that? Or did you kind of, always just have the confidence in yourself that you'd be able to kind I mean, of with the, with the acting thing, I was absolutely terrified. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I think I was, you know, so green and so naive that I don't think I had the, the, I, I don't think I had it in me. I don't think I really had the, the capacity to, to, to overthink it and like be uh, like, um, I, I didn't, I was just green. Yeah. Like it, I just wanted to have fun. You know what I mean? Um, and so I think, I think that helped me audition and stuff. I was nervous always because you are when you're performing in, in front of somebody. Um, but I think I was just so green and kind of just dumb and naive. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't have the, I, I, I had the benefit of not overthinking it. You know yeah. what I mean? So I just kind of said, yeah, let's just try it. It seems fun. Let's do it. I auditioned for mall rats and somehow ended up getting the part of Brody. And that was my first movie audition. And, uh, and then when we got to the set and it was time to start um, really getting into it and filming, I was just terrified. I yeah. mean, I couldn't forget that the camera was right there. It was really a hard, hard process. Absolutely. It was really, really terrifying, but somehow I made it out alive. 
you know, but yeah, that first experience was, was, was tough for sure. And then, uh, yeah, getting into, and then getting into photography, you know, you go through those growing pains and you question things. And I think you still do. Yeah. You still, you still do, but you, you just have to do what feels right. That's, that's my, that that's the uh, mantra. I think that's the word. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Yeah. yeah, Do do what feels right. Yeah, because all the creative, any creative endeavor, man, it's it's a competitive field. Like acting's probably is more competitive than anything. Like I've never delved into that, but you read about it, like so many yeah. people want to do that. And with photography, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, I don't know. He's got it brick by brick, I guess, and just kind of get after it. And it's absolutely just- brick by brick, and not ever um, uh, apologize. Really, you know, like if you like a frame, shoot it. If you, you know, like you just do what you do. That's what I love so much about skateboarding. It's so independent. It's so individual. Yeah. People have their style. They develop it. They skate the way they skate. They control their destiny in skateboarding. They do what they do. Yeah. They make the choices that they want to make. Some skaters don't. I think some skaters are a little bit confined to formalities and things with skateboarding being really, really commercial now. Yeah. But for the most part, you know, skateboarders are kind of just doing their own thing. And I think that's what photography should be as well yeah um uh or painting or whatever you do what feels right and if it makes you happy great um some people will dig it some might not but you just do what you do because it feels good and it's fun that that's really what skateboarding taught me yeah definitely yeah with photography yeah because it's like um are you ever thinking because this is where it gets weird like when you try to when you first off in photography or whatever creative endeavor you're just doing it for the pure fun but then yeah. like, if you want to turn it into a living, I've definitely fallen yeah. into these traps where I'm like, all right, if I do this, maybe I can make money doing this or whatever. Like, do you ever even think about that aspect of like, you know, does the book publisher want this type of work or does the gallery want this type of work? Or are you just trying to blank that out and just pretty much just do your thing? You, you I mean, you have, if you're working with people and collaborating, you have to sort of, there's going to be a middle ground in some ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, you try to stick to your guns yeah. and you try to, you, you know, if, if, if you're basing it on that feeling that, that, that excited feeling, that's usually a good sign. You know what yeah. I mean? Like even laying out this book as daunting as laying out a book is, I mean, it's six months of work. Yeah. You know, it's picking the photos, it's getting the scans, it's doing the sequencing, it's sitting at your computer while homeschooling your kids Yeah. during a pandemic. And going back and forth with the publisher via WhatsApp and email and phone call and sending files and yeah, transfer files and Dropbox and you're and it's making a book is not easy at all. No. And then there's things that are out of your control, like you're going from film and a camera to printed images in a book that are being printed in Italy, and you're not on press because there's a pandemic and a flight to Italy is not cheap. Nah. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so, and so you, if you, if you lose in that process, any sense of enthusiasm, mm-hmm. you're fucked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm laying out the book and I'm remembering the road trips and I'm loving certain photos in a, in a, in that sort of very particular way. And I'm excited. I, I mean, if it's not exciting, shooting, mm-hmm. making books, making prints, having exhibitions, if it gets too heady, if it's not fun, if it gets too, 
analytical or overanalyzed and it's not just fun yeah then what's the point that's how i try to to yeah, do it. you you can tell like a lot of the photographers i really like and enjoy you can tell what they're shooting they they love it and it just inspires them and it, it shows in the work and it's just like yeah mm-hmm. so i think if you're excited about your work i think it will kind of show you know i think i think so like i mean to this day i, I like i said my greatest pleasure photographically is like just driving somewhere and literally staying in a shitty motel yeah. in some rundown little town wood panel wall driving wood panel all wall, day man. huh some old like wood panel walls in those like old like it's the best it really <laughs> is the best the i mean with the texas photos for that last book i think i did five thousand miles around texas damn in my old town car yeah with my old speed graphic in the trunk you know um and i shot close to 300 sheets of four by five film in about a month's time. And I would drive 12 hours and, and end up in some random town somewhere up in the panhandle and stay in some motel. And some of the motels are just not clean (laughs) Uh, in some of these small towns, but the thrill of it, I mean, still to this day, when I'm, when I see something I want to shoot, I stop, I get excited. I take my camera out and I'm smiling. Yeah. I mean, with skateboarding, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And, uh, the, the, the joy that that brought, it's, uh, it's incomparable. And And I, 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 the same way with photography, I still get really, really excited to travel, shoot photos, make prints, make books. It's like, it's so exciting. I go through withdrawals, man. Like if I, if I, if I go a little while without like shooting something that I'm like proud of, I'm like, fuck man, I need that. Like that, like juice, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that juice is so important. And so with the black and white stuff, I mean, I think the reason why I was so excited to publish at least some of it was because it brings back memories. Mm. And you get a certain feeling when you see the photos and you remember that time and my kids were this age. and That was on a road trip when my son, who's now 17, was five. Wow. And we drove up to Portland, uh, Oregon. We were on a road trip and he had a little point and shoot. And just the feeling. And it goes back to, again, the 70s and the road trips when we'd go camping and just and the way California smells and the way the road smells and all of that has everything to do with the photos to me. Definitely. I mean, I, I really think there is, I mean, look, people look down pretty heavily on sentimentality and nostalgia and these things. You hear that a lot. Personally, I don't care personally. I'm nostalgic. Yeah. I get very sentimental. Um, and so I feel those things when I'm road tripping. I don't feel like it's ever work. Mm-hmm. I get really, really excited to shoot film and to explore and, and uh, to, to make books. And I, it's so fucking fun. Yeah, man. Uh, I don't think, I don't think I, anytime I run, I come across jaded people. It just bums me out, man. Yeah, man. That's like, that's why I started this thing, man. I just love talking to photographers. I love photography, man. It's it's a lot of fun. Yeah. I get inspired by other people who are this like, 
I just get like inspired by the people that are just constantly shooting and like working on a project and doing something. It yeah, make gives you at least for me like fuel, like just to keep going and like absolutely. Keep, and yeah. you can't you can't take in that fuel or experience that fuel if if you're jaded or if it's a grind or you just can't do that, you know. And how have you kind of been approaching your work this year? Obviously, a crazy year with the pandemic and everything. It's kind of harder to travel, I guess. Like, how have you kind of been approaching your work? Have you been shooting a lot? Or, like, obviously, you've been working on the book a lot. Um, but have you yeah. been making much work this year, this well, this past year? Yeah, I started a series. Uh, my mom lives in Northern California. And so, very safely... Mm -hmm. I road tripped up the coast. I went to see my mom, yep. shot some photos up there. I did two trips to Northern California in 2020 yep. and exposed about 20 rolls of uh, 120 film with the square. It's going to be an all square format, black and white book. Um, so I was able to do that. And then the first book that I set out to release at the beginning of the year um, called Cruise Ship because of the whole COVID thing that got shelved mm -hmm. because there were just so many delays. And so I had to shelve it because I had to get to work on the Stanley Barker book. Yeah. Um, and I barely met that deadline, the printing deadline on that. And then we also made Raymond Molinar's book Polaroids that film photographic published that came out in December as well. So all of 2020 was dedicated to making books and with a, with a couple photo road trips squeezed in there and a lot of homeschooling. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and being at home and going crazy with claustrophobia and cabin fever. Definitely, man. I'm hoping, hoping this year it turns around. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah, me too. I want to get back on the road. Um, oh, yeah. I, I saw you're working on a project, I think a book um, you, you had on your website with the Galveston Historical Society. I was kind of curious what that project was all about. Oh, shit. I'm sorry. And then I went to Galveston. Okay. That was the final road trip. I drove to Galveston and that's kind of a far drive, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to have my grand marquee there. Mm -hmm. You know, you always feel good, good when you're in your own car versus <laughs> like flying to Houston, renting some random car and then driving into Galveston. But yeah, they, they commissioned us a book, the Galveston Hist uh, historical foundation. Um, and so I went to Galveston and all the road trips around Texas. I'd never been to Galveston. I loved it. Uh, was kind of strange and eerie and it's like on the east coast east side east side right it's 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 in the gulf yeah, it's a gulf. little island off the tip of uh texas off the um sh shore of texas off houston and so i stayed there for two weeks and i shot photos every day and then drove back wow and so that's uh did they that tell you like what they wanted you to shoot or is yours this kind of free reign, just kind of do your thing in Galveston? Yeah, free reign. I mean, the cool thing is, so a book came out in this, in 66, there's a, an architect called Howard Barnstone mm -hmm. and he put out a book in 1966, all about the history of Galveston architecture, really. And he enlisted uh, the, the architectural photographer, Ezra Stoller and Henry Cartier-Bresson. Oh, never heard of him. So Bresson came over from France and Stoller was in the States, I believe. 
and they documented the Galveston. The book is called the Galveston that was. Mm. And, and so it's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a formal book. It very much studies the old architecture. Some of the architecture in Galveston goes back to the 1830s. Wow. Um, it's got kind of a New Orleans kind of vibe. There's a lot of very important architecture there. But like anywhere else, it's got its suburbs. It's got its industry. It's got its scraps. It's got its questions, yeah. right? So I said, look, the, the, the Galveston that was, that book was great because Brisson's stuff was more like street photos, mm -hmm. but with the architecture kind of always present in the photos. The Stoller stuff was more kind of straightforward four by five, like detail, details of the architecture, that, 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 that approach. So the two were kind of working off of each other. Um, and, I, and I got the book. And I loved it. And I said to the foundation, look, I, I, I'm not, I, I'm not, if you're interested in me going out and just shooting the architecture, that's not necessarily what I do. I'm going to try to be as honest with all of Galveston as I can be. I want to shoot it from tip to tip, mm -hmm. uh, end to end, top to bottom. And I kind of want to just shoot the way I would shoot anywhere else, discovering it, exploring it. Um, documenting the contrasts between old and new uh, materials, this landscape versus that landscape, the real kind of true lay of the land of Galveston. And they said, go for it, whatever you want to do. Wow. So that, that was really cool. Yeah. So even though it's for the historical foundation, they like the idea of kind of showing Galveston as it is. And so I, brought the four by five camera and my M6 and I shot a bunch of black and white film and a bunch of four by five color film and um, already working on the, that book. Oh, wow. So like it'll an be, idiot, it's I take on weight. I take on way too much stuff. Hey, that's good, man. <laughs> yeah. You do a lot, man. And cause you're, you're still actively acting and you're still running stereo skateboards too, right? Yeah. It's uh, I mean, thankfully, and I'm, always uh giving pastress as much love as i can because he does a lot of the work for stereo yeah um but yeah i mean i really i'm trying to just stay busy i turned 50 my wife and i have five kids so that's busy Damn. i've got the photography Damn, thanks for thanks for making time to do this podcast man right <laughs> i mean you know but honestly like you know not to sound uh too too um uh what's the, what's uh what's the word i'm i think i'm not uh but yeah, you, you have to stay busy to kind of stay feeling young or whatever. You know? Yeah, definitely, man. And I do that with creatively with the photography stuff more than anything. Is And to touch on acting, because I'm interested by it, because I don't know anything about acting at mm -hmm. all. It, 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 what do you enjoy about it? And like, because you've been doing it for a while. And is it is like acting a thing where is it kind of like a muscle? Like if you don't do it for a while? can you get rusty at it or like what yeah, is you it could probably get rusty i mean the acting thing uh was you know watching films and really being curious about the process mm -hmm. watching actors and wondering what that would be like to do that and then so i just tried to get into it um and i got some auditions and somehow it started happening it's so unbelievably fun 
but it's tricky because you're one piece of a huge pie. Yeah. There's a lot of moving parts. And, um, and uh, on the show, My Name is Earl, for example, that was a lot of work every day. That was a, a big production. So that was a lot of work seven months out of the year. That so one dude can on definitely the show guy yoked. That one was the other dude. Yeah, Ethan. He's, he's now, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, he's, he's, he's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's more work in some respects. Mm. And you're, you know, it's super fun working on a show like my name is Earl working on a movie, like almost famous. Mm -hmm. It's like an experience. It's really incredible. But again, skateboarding and photography, because it's just you and you yes. like that. Nothing really tops that. Um, and so when we moved to Texas, I was just focusing on the photography and I, I put out a couple books while I was there and wasn't really doing much acting work. But now that we're back in California, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm I'm slowly kind of getting back into more acting work. That's cool, man. Like when you were reading scripts and stuff, can you tell by reading it like if it's going to be good? And have there been times when you read the script and then they made it, and then after you're like, what what happened to that? Or or can you kind of tell from the get go from reading the script that's like, oh, this I mean, is going to be good? There's again, there's so many moving parts, man. Yeah, you, you don't all you, honestly, you don't always know. Yeah. You don't with anything, with anything creative, you don't always know people have different tastes or somehow something goes awry and the movie doesn't quite turn out the way you thought it would. Or, I mean, there's always room for that with any creative uh, medium, I think. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, you, you kind of know, mm -hmm. I remember having the boogie night script, Oh, wow. And I was really green and new and I didn't really know how to read a script. Really. I don't think at the time I remember reading the stripping script and going, how, how the fuck is this going to work? What is this? And of course, Boogie Nights is one of my favorite movies. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's a badass movie. Um, a couple more so questions. Good. I'll let you go. Uh, yeah. Oh no. All good, man. Cool. Uh, you did another cool project in Oklahoma uh, called o Okay. I was just kind of curious. Yeah. I, I love the, the, the photos in that project. I was just kind of curious what kind of drew you to Oklahoma. Uh, the Philbrook Museum of Art in Tulsa. Tulsa is a really great city. Um, they had seen the Texas stuff and they were like, hey, why don't you come up to Oklahoma and kind of roam around here the way you did in Texas and kind of just spend some time shooting photos and maybe we'll do an exhibition. Um, and so I said, great. And, and the Oklahoma thing was cool too, because it's after shooting those photos and it was really no different than roaming Texas or roaming California or roaming, um, roaming, whatever, just driving around and shooting photos. Um, but it was cool because I, I, I realized like, oh, this, it, it, was, it was really being in Oklahoma that kind of solidified for me that America is one landscape. Mm -hmm. And that Oklahoma is really just additional photos uh, to be included in what I started shooting back in 2006 in California. Yeah. And I really liked that idea that America is, is one landscape. What you see in Oklahoma, you can find in Alabama, Iowa, California, Arizona, New York State. 
it's one landscape. And so all you're doing is collecting images of where you happen to be with your camera at any given time as you're roaming America. This is what the American landscape looks like. It's so it does it's so it's it's no longer about here's what Texas looks like. Here's a, a series of Oklahoma photos because you're not concentrating on something that is specific to Oklahoma mm -hmm. or specific to Texas or specific to California. You're just kind of going out and documenting. Yeah. And uh, so it was a cool thing to have sort of realized that. And so everything, um, everything that I do moving forward and will continue to do really just becomes um, additional pieces yeah, to man. include in the puzzle, yeah. you, you know, and you're just collecting, you're just collecting work and, and, and just letting the landscape do what it does. Like it's ultimately, it's, it's doing all the telling. You're just kind of documenting it. It's there and it, it is what it is. And it, it means what it means. And you're just kind of there collecting photos of it really. And how do you know, like when you're doing these projects, like how do you know you're ready to like make it a book or like, how do you know when you're done with the project, I guess? Or I guess kind of like you're saying your works, it's just kind of like a continuation pretty much. It's like the okay. And then like you got this. Yeah. Book. I, I, well, like in Galveston, you're like, okay, I've been here for two weeks. Mm -hmm. I, I think I made, including all the 35, which is mostly what I used. I think I made something like 870 exposures or something in two yeah. weeks. Um, and you know, like it's a lot of it, but I mean, yeah, you get homesick or you, you know, you're okay. I've seen all of this or I've, uh, but really it's like, oh, I feel done. Yeah. I just, I yeah. feel like done. Let's pack up and drive home, you know, kind of thing. Um, Texas kind of felt the same way. I didn't explore all of Texas because again, it wasn't about that. It was, you know, I spent this amount of time roaming Texas, exploring Texas. It was incredibly inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm done now. Yeah. It's more of a feeling I think versus like how many exposures you got or did I see every last nook and cranny of this place? Because then it becomes too much about the place versus the experience there of documenting. Even Galveston, which is only takes about 30 minutes to go end to end. Mm -hmm. I didn't see all of Galveston, but you just kind of feel done, I think. Yeah, it's like if, you, if you're not interested in it anymore, move on and then shoot the next thing. It's just kind of like you're saying. I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think so. So even though the Galveston thing is specific to Galveston and the Oklahoma book uh, that will hopefully eventually happen was will be specific to the Oklahoma border, yeah. the borders of Oklahoma, it's an extension. It, yeah. it all plays to the same, um, it all plays to the same uh, theme. Theme, yeah. Yeah, it's like your last book. Well, this has to be. This is America. Like this have the whole, <laughs> the whole joint, man. Northeast, the south. No, but may, maybe at a certain point you do something like that, where you sort of piece it all together. I mean, that's the the the, the black and white book that just came out. There's photos in that book from Oregon, New York State, Arizona, New Mexico, California, Colorado. Yeah, you know, wild. it's, you know, it's all over. Yeah, and I know. You also you also started film photographic, which is like a, a 
I think you you guys publish books and it's kind of an Instagram page that kind of shares photography. Um, I guess kind of was kind of your goal starting to film photographic and because I know what you mentioned uh, Raymond Molinar, amazing skateboarder and photographer, just published. So good on a skateboard. Yeah, what was kind of the whole the whole idea behind film photographic? I guess. Uh, years ago, I before Instagram, I I always wanted to kind of start something that had something to do with. Uh, photo community. I mean, the, the, obviously the dream for, I think a lot of photographers is to have a space. Yeah. Right. Where you can process film, print, hang out, listen to music, like design books, like a collective or a a space somewhere. And I don't think many of those spaces exist. Um, that was the original dream and still is, um, and then Instagram came around and I was an Instagram holdout for a long time. Yeah. I didn't want to do Instagram and I regret it. Um, <laughs> I ever did. It's okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> I, I'm kind of not. Uh, but um, I thought, oh, that'd be cool. I, yeah. I, I thought Instagram was like photos of people's cats and food. I didn't know really what it was. Yeah. And I had my iPhone and I got the Instagram app and I started searching what I learned were called hashtags. Oh yeah. And I searched film, I searched 35 millimeter and lo and behold, there were millions of posts relating to photography. And I was like, that's cool. I had no idea. Yeah. And so I said, well, to start, we'll have an Instagram and we'll post photos from people and support the film community and do what, whatever we can to help promote film and photography and stuff. And so it started that way. Um, and then we published a plain view and then Raymond's book. We've only published two books in the last five years, but, um, but, you know, again, I, I'd like to get to the dream of publishing more regularly and having, but it's, it's hard, man. Yeah, no, it's real tough. I know like so uh, for now it's just the Instagram page and 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 publishing some books. No, I think it's a great resource, you know, like the books and then people just sharing the photography because I was looking at today and I found a bunch of cool photographers I never heard of before. And it's oh, kind of wow. opened my eyes. But there's some other cool stuff like that. I don't know if do you ever uh, look at hamburger eyes back in the day? You ever heard of hamburger eyes? It's a, I've heard that name. It's dope. It's this guy Ray Potes. I'll send you a link. It's pretty badass. This guy okay. They, they've been doing it for like 20 years at this point. He, he wow, started like very cool website and they had like a space at one point up in San Francisco. Oh, that's awesome. They, they published like zines of like all different types of photographers. They had like at one point, I don't think they have it anymore, but you could like rent darkroom space and like print books. Oh. And it was, it was really cool. I want to check that out. Yeah. That's, that's the dream. Yeah. That's the dream for sure. Yeah. It's uh, the film community. It's interesting to watch. Like I grew up shooting film myself and uh, like in high school and had the dark room in my basement and stuff, but the film resurgence in the last few years, man, it's like, it's coming back. Like I see so many people shooting film, uh, even some like magazine editors I've met with lately. They're like, yeah, we prefer people to shoot film. It's just kind of, uh, it seems. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just kind of interesting to see like uh, this the film community. I guess it's really great. I mean, I, I mean, film photographic's been a lot of fun to do, and I've met so many photographers through it, discovered so many photographers through it. It's been it's been it's been really cool yeah. for sure. 
And I guess to wrap up, man, like you've been shooting photos for a while. He's published his book. Like what's next for you, man? Like what's kind of got you inspired where it's kind of started a new year. What are you kind of hoping to work on is kind of going into uh, 21? Well, hopefully the kids getting back to school. Yeah. That would be great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, it's so fun though. I, yeah, I, uh, home, I like, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a dad teacher at home. Like yeah, it's, I never, but it's really, really great. I mean, it's really special to have that time because usually the kids are off at school and they're with teachers and stuff. Definitely. And you help work and stuff, but this is so like to watch your kids learning and like, being a part of that and, and helping you kind of forget how important that stuff is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it would be nice to get them back to school. <laughs> get some time to work on some more books and stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, the Galveston book would be next. And then I'm developing a, a new television series that I hope will get made. Oh, so damn. I'm trying to sort of um, uh, exercise those muscles again. Is there a name uh, for it? No, it's untitled right now, but it would be a, it would be a series, another series. Um, uh, yeah, hopefully that will happen. And then um, just more photo stuff, you know, hopefully more stuff with film photographic, you know, I, uh, in terms of um, doing more group shows when, when that can start happening again and, and publishing more stuff. But yeah, just continuing to do photo stuff and more books to come and um and 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 being a stay-at-home dad teacher i like it man you got me inspired jason i want to once this covid shit ends man maybe i gotta find me like an old town car i'm gonna buy an old town car yeah. get my got my, my hot supply back here and throw that oh, in the trunk man so get, get back to business man but uh jason man real pleasure talking to you dude and you too uh, man uh good luck with everything man i look for following your work uh in the years to come man and uh I don't know I if really anybody anybody listening. I don't know if there's any books left for sale. I know you you sold a good amount of them. I don't know if they can buy them anywhere still, but um, into the gold I think, dust. I, I I I think there's a few at Stanley Barker's website. I think there's a few left. Yeah. All right. Perfect. But I'll put I, it. I really appreciate it, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I've I've, I've, I've listened uh, to uh, a handful of 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 uh, your podcasts, man. Oh I wow, think it's amazing what you're doing. I Thanks, think it's man. Amazing what you're doing. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Oh, and I before I go. Uh, yeah, but my buddy Trevor Paulus took your photo for Texas Monthly a few years ago. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's one That's of my good around the time we were starting to uh do some exhibitions for the with the Texas photos, yeah, yeah, in Texas, yeah, that's yep. right. Yeah, I thought I was mentioning that. But anyways, man, I'll let you get back to it. You got a lot in your hands uh, teaching those five kids. I have to go figure out what uh, <laughs> what everybody wants for dinner. All right, man. All right, well, take care, right. Jason. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Bye. Thank you. Thanks, Alex. So there you have it. That was the Jason Lee interview. I uh, just want to thank Jason so much for taking the time to come on the podcast. Uh, it was a real pleasure to talk to him about everything he's been doing with photography, his new book, and um, t- definitely it was great talking to him about skateboarding. Um, that's how I kind of first discovered Jason is kind of watching uh, Blind Video Days, that legendary skate video as a kid. Um, so a real pleasure talking to him. Uh, definitely go check out Jason's website at jasonleefilm.com. Uh, he has lots of cool uh, photo projects up there and different uh 
things he's been working on over the years. So definitely go give him a follow, uh, as well as uh, on Instagram, uh, Film Photographic, a really cool platform he started that just kind of shares different film photographers and uh, they publish some books. Um, so definitely go give that a follow. And as always, I'll be having weekly podcasts every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as the Photo Banter YouTube page. Uh, so definitely go check us out on YouTube and uh, hit the subscribe button. It'd be much appreciated. And as always, thanks so much for listening and take care.